Welcome to the Sporting Ones podcast with Rowan Hados. This is episode three. Uh, we're looking at uh, the AFL preview for this weekend, round 21. Um, so we'll uh, just have a quick recap of uh, last round. And Hayden, how was your uh, trip to Perth, Matt? Yes, it was very good. Thank you, Paul. Um, stayed there for about three nights. Uh, got a great look at the new stadium over there, Optus Stadium. It's absolutely glorious. The outside, the architecture, is just second to none. I haven't seen anything like it. And, um, yeah, once you're inside, it's obviously all new facilities. The ground is just picture perfect. And, um, yeah, great stadium to watch football. So you've been to the Adelaide Oval. Yep. Big question. Does it supersede the Adelaide Oval and take the number one mantle? I think it does. I don't know if it will ever get that sort of recognition. But... (laughs) um, Aesthetically, I mean, it's honestly, it's, yeah, it's unreal. I can't speak highly enough of um, certainly the outside and the inside. It gets better as as well. So, yeah, I'm a huge fan. I'm very glad I was over there to go see the derby. Oh, I might have to put it on my must-see agenda of stadiums now from uh, that endorsement. Um, Now, the game's in trouble. Is it? Is it really? I don't think so. We just had, what, the first round in history where there were five games decided by less than a goal a lot of close contests and it was just a great weekend of footy wasn't it yeah well I can't remember anything um remember a round quite like it where the first five games are decided literally in the last minute or last two minutes of a game uh Geelong Richmond kicked it off and Gary uh Ablett the absolute superstar that he is nine times out of ten would nail that goal and he misses then you've got Hawthorne Essendon coming down to the last minute. Uh, you've got uh, Port and the Crows decided um, again in the last two minutes. I don't think there was too much controversy in that, to be honest. I think uh, the Crows played a lot better in that and deserved to win. Uh, you had uh, Brisbane North Melbourne where Cameron Rayner had the chance to win and uh, dis- disgustingly went the around-the-corner kick when all he had to do was go the drop hunt. They lost in the last minute. And then uh, Tommy McCartan for Sydney in the uh, dying minute, on the ground, just gets the goal over the line. So I don't think the game's in trouble, but I think we need to fix certain elements to make it better than what it is. Yeah, it's probably a a fair statement. I think um, obviously a lot of the talk is around congestion. Um, Of the new rules that I've heard, I think the uh, six forward, six defenders, I think that's going to work well. It's going to give... Both teams a chance at getting a, the ball down to their forward line quickly, having a quick goal. I think that's going to open up play a lot, and hopefully there's not too much tinkering with it because I don't like change. I, I don't know. How about you? No, I, I'm. I mean, I'm still watching it, so it still it still must be doing something right for me to keep watching it. In terms of that, from what I've heard though, if it opens up the game more, is that going to hurt the likes of St Kilda of Carlton? of Gold Coast, who don't have the greatest lists, is it going to open up, you know, going back to the dark old days of these 150, 140, 130-point losses? Well, that's the great question. I mean, it can't hurt them at this stage. They're uh, they're not going well at, at what the game is at the moment. You know, close contests, um, you know, it, it might even help them. You don't know. It might go back to a little bit more one-on-one, you know, uh, just type of contest yeah, yeah. Man, man on man and you know anything can happen with those sort of contests yeah exactly yeah no it could so that remains the great unknown so i guess the talking point unfortunately 
after the fact of the five brilliant games we had was the Andrew Gaff incident, which sort of um, overshadowed a, a good weekend, which is unfortunate. But uh, I guess we do need to touch on it briefly. We've both got differing views on it, but um, I'll let Hayden uh, speak firstly about it. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm absolutely shattered for Gaffy, and uh, I was there at the ground. We, we heard whispers of what might have happened, but, um, you know, it was one of disbelief. Uh, when I heard what might have happened, I, I, there was no way in my head that Andrew Gaff hit Brayshaw intentionally. I mean, in the, in the jaw, that is. Uh, it was just a punch that went horribly wrong, and, you know... At the end of the day, Brayshaw's jaw's broken. He's got five misplaced teeth. Someone had to pay. And unfortunately, Gaffey copped a pretty lengthy suspension. Um, I'm shattered for a number of reasons. Obviously, it hurts our finals aspirations. Uh, Could it be Gaff's last game in West Coast Colours? You know, there's a lot of... uh, A lot of things to to come from it. But, um, yeah, I think... The most disappointing thing is he can't play again this year and, yeah, I'm pretty upset about it. Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of that, just quickly, because I did hear um, on the telecast, is it true that they didn't actually replay the incident on the big screen at Optus? Yeah, that's the other thing I want to say. They didn't replay it at all, so there was no uh, proof for anyone to go on. Um, you know, we saw the Fremantle players getting stuck into Gaffey and we always thought that there was more to the story. Um, yeah, there was a moment there where he, he kicked a goal, he came off to the bench and he got a round of applause. Probably, you know, people didn't know what it, what had uh, unfolded, so they'd probably think twice about, you know, oh. giving him a standing ovation. But Well, they, I mean, the media's sort of beaten that up a bit, but if the, if the fans aren't to know what's uh, transpired and it's not replayed on the screen, then how can they... Um, how can they be vilified for clapping off one of their star players? Yeah, well, um, that that's just um, yeah, that that makes me a bit mad. It, especially hearing that they didn't um, they didn't get it replayed on the big screen. And look, I understand why, but then the fans can't be vilified then for clapping off one of their own. Yeah, but I mean, it's common practice to not show those sort of incidents, um, whether it be the home team or the away team or whatever the case. Um, that's just something that happens. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, um, unfortunately, watching the incident, look, I've watched it a few times. It looks like it's a punch, uh, punch to the chest that's gone horribly wrong as, as Brayshaw sort of lowered his centre of gravity. And for mine, as much as the penalty is harsh, in a way, given how clean a player uh, Andrew Gaff has been in the AFL, not, not a single blemish on his record... It's become a sort of victim of society's outlook on punching. And in terms of that, for mine, eight, I was thinking between the seven to nine weeks and probably eight's about where it landed. I know you're not happy about that. It, it sort of, the AFL had to send a statement that this can't happen. And if they need, and if they're going to take a stance against Gaff for that, they need to take a, scan, a stance against punching in general. Because Zach Jones got off for something very similar, which could have ended up horribly, but he did that with intent to the head. Yeah, that's it. And uh, a question that comes to my mind is: if Brayshaw's jaw's not broken, if the result of the punch is far less. 
what sort of stint is he looking at on the sidelines? He's probably still looking at the same as what Tom Bug got last year for a similar similar incident. So I, I, I still wouldn't think it would be anything less than six weeks. But unfortunately, the precedent has been set now, but the AFL has got to live by that. So if something else happens similar to that, they have to act and they have to make the same stand. There's no two ways about it. They can't make one rule for one and then not an, uh, another rule for another. My interesting question is, what if it would have been someone like a Tom Jonas with a history of a few suspensions? Would it have been any different? Would it have been higher? Yeah, well, that's, uh, once again, a great unknown. Probably, you know, they don't take into account people's uh, previous records now, as we know. That's probably counted against Gaff in this instance because a lot of people have touched on it, but he's never been cited for anything in any professional sport that he's played. Um, juniors all the way till now. Everyone speaks glowingly of him. I've been a long-time admirer of him. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, like you said, the precedent's set now, so that's just what it's going to have to be from now. All right, well, let's move on from uh, from that and let's uh, focus on round 21. Uh, so we're starting off tonight... Not with a game that really, really excites me too much. It's important for one side in particular. It's important for the Bombers. So Essendon take on St Kilda at Etihad Stadium. Um, Essendon go in unchanged. Uh, they were uh, very, from from what I saw, they were very, very good against Hawthorne. But they just let it slip away at times. They let their concentration lapse, let Hawthorne back into the game, and they let Hawthorne have the ball. If you let Hawthorne have the ball... They will hurt you. They needed when they stopped Hawthorne and they moved quickly through through the corridor. They hurt Hawthorne, but they just couldn't do it enough to get the win. Yeah, well, it's pretty simple for the Bombers now. They need to win and win well. I think they will. Uh, there shouldn't be any troubles tonight. Uh, they're pretty settled, so that's a, that's always a good thing. They they were right in the contest with Hawthorne all the way. They just um, fell away at the, the closing stages, but. Um, yeah, I think they'll they'll win pretty comfortably tonight. And for me, St Kilda are an enigma. How can they have a first quarter like they had last week, where they were up by uh, twenty eight points at one point, and then got completely overrun and lost by almost fifty points to the Bulldogs, who are in a similar position to themselves? A lot of questions have to be asked of St Kilda. Um, I, for one, had them not making the eight, but I had them at least pushing the eight, and they've been nowhere near it. And look, they've they've made a few changes at the selection table. Some have been forced, um, with Battle and Hickey uh, both injured, um, but others like Clark, Dunstan, Caulfield. I mean, Clark and uh, Caulfield are first-year players, so they're going to be rotated in and out. But Dunstan's been on the list for a few years. He's got talent. He needs to start harnessing, uh, harnessing it. Um, they've brought in... A lot of young players this week. They've brought in Bailey Rice, Ben Long, Ben Patton, uh, Lewis Pearce in Ruck, and Rowan Marshall. So they've gone with a really young and uh, raw lineup. So it is either going to work one or two ways. It's either going to um, refresh them and reinvigorate them, and they'll uh, have a close contest, or their their season is already done and they're looking at uh, their end of season trip. And for mine, the way Essendon are playing, they're looking at their end of season trip. Is there any value in the betting in this game at all, Hayden? I don't think so. Maybe at the minus for Essendon, you know, St Kilda did last week what they've been doing for a long time. They promised a lot and then delivered nothing. Um, 
Essendon, really, they should be winning this by five goals. So that's probably where my money would be. Yeah, I'm even thinking they could push it out to about seven goals, I think. Uh, All right, let's go to the next game. This game fills me with a bit of excitement. This has got old-fashioned rivalry from 1989 and then all through this last decade. It's Hawthorne versus Geelong. Yep, I mean, everyone knows their history. Lots of close contests, lots of bad blood between the two teams. Um, Another one that is really important in shaping the eight, Cats need a win. It's as simple as that. I think they will. But um, it's not going to be easy for them. No, look, these these uh, these teams throw up um, even contests every season uh, back from two thousand eight. I don't know about bad blood. It's a it's a respected rivalry. There was bad blood back in eighty nine, that's for sure. But the last decade, it's been played hard, but it's been played fair. Um, for mine, Hawthorne played really well against Essendon. but I don't see them backing it up twice in a row. I like Geelong in this. They have to win. They have to start cementing their spot in the eight. They've brought some back some heavy hitters this week as well. They've brought back Reece Stanley, who's been in good form. Tom Stewart from his ankle injury. Uh, Quinton Narkles had a rest, and he's ready to go again. Um, and they've dropped the likes of um, Thurlow, who came in as a late change last week. Um, Jones, Cunico. Abbott's probably a bit stiff, but Reece Stanley's in better form. Uh, sorry, Ryan Abbott's a bit stiff, but um, Reece Stanley's in better form. So... I reckon the Cats get up, but only just keeping in light with the rivalry, only by a goal. Yeah, making five changes doesn't really bode well for most teams, but uh, they are welcoming back some quality uh, players for them this year, as Stewart and Stanley. I think this is pretty close to a full-strength team for them. Um, Maybe Harry Taylor is one that would come back, but uh, yeah, I think they've got all the weapons they need to win, and they really need to win. Yeah, no, agreed. Uh, Geelong just. Next game on the uh, agenda is uh, one that, again, doesn't fill me with much uh, excitement. It's it's definitely a different uh, round to last week. It's Gold Coast up at Metricon against the reigning premiers in Richmond. Um, I mean, Gold Coast, I, I don't know what to make of them. One week they're beating Sydney, the next they're getting thumped by Carlton. I just, it, they they boggle the mind. Yeah, there's not a lot that's gone right for the Gold Coast since their inception. Um, And this one is not looking good for them. They do welcome back some pretty good players in Stephen May, Swallow, and Jared Lyons. Um, And, you know, they're really the spine of the team. So hopefully that can sort of, you know, set them up a bit better and they can stay with the Tigers for as long as they can. Oh, look, the Tigers, I mean... They've got a chance to stay with the Tigers for a while because the Tigers have um, uh, big Toby uh, Nankovic injured. So it's going to expose uh, Ivan Soldo in ruck to a very good ruckman in uh, Jared Witts, who's a bit underrated, I think, in uh, Victorian circles. Will that be enough? I don't think so. I mean, Richmond have brought back uh, Basha Hawley, Dion Prestia, um, and Jack Graham, as well as Nathan Broad. So they've brought back some heavy hitters. Surely, if you're Richmond, surely you would rest perhaps a Dustin Martin, perhaps a Trent Cotchin as a late change. Would you consider it? Well, the signs were there when they rested Nan Curvis, but they've resisted to do... That with Cochin and Martin, I think that's a good sign. It shows how disciplined the Tigers are. Also, they've also added Hooley, Prestier, and Graham, who and Broad as well, Premiership hero. Um, they're no slouches, so 
Richmond get stronger. And, um, yeah, this should be a pretty convincing victory for them. And also touching on the Gold Coast just again, you make a, select, uh, a selection statement um, on a Thursday night by dropping Jared Lyons, yet the next week you're bringing him back, and yet there is a guy called Michael, Michael Barlow running around in the kneeful collecting 50 touches, yet you're not prepared to play him. What sort of statement does that send out to the players? I think it just shows where Michael Barlow's at. He's... Uh, been a great seven of the AFL, came late to it. We know what sort of numbers he can put up in, in any league, whether it be reserves or the AFL, but it probably just shows the direction that Gold Coast are headed. He's not going to be there for their next premiership, let's face it, if there ever is one. Um, so, yeah, it's probably just the line that Stuart Jews had to take. Um, I wish he'd play him because he's a cracking I, fellow. As I well think as his, experience, his experience and what he brings to... Uh, to a football club could be invaluable for those young players out on the ground. Yeah, well, it seems that that's going to be limited to the training track. So, yeah, yeah. maybe he gets a game in the last two rounds as a sort of farewell. But, yeah. If there's no late changes, I think Richmond in an absolute canter. Uh, they don't need the percentage, but I think they'll put some on. And I'm thinking, I don't know what the line is saying, um, but I'm thinking probably seven, eight goals up there. I think it's one for the history books. It's in the 60s or 70s, I think. So, um yeah, that's going to make the day interesting for the punters out there. All right, so the next one is a huge clash. So we go from sort of one average to one to one big clash, uh, so it seems. So this is a twilight fixture at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, just looking at the weather right now, it's not looking uh, great, and it's not looking great for tomorrow. So that could make for an even closer contest. It's Port taking on the West Coast Eagles. Two teams very close to our hearts, and... Um... There's been a lot of hype surrounding one team. Your team just came out of a pretty hotly contested uh, showdown, which I thought they played really well. They were really unlucky not to win. Oh, see, I disagree. Port were very clean with their ball movement and how they actually um, transitioned into the 50, which is um, unusual of Port of recent times uh, in the last few weeks. But the problem was the, the scoring shots... And the overall gameplay for mine was much more to Adelaide. Port just took their opportunities. Had they taken one more opportunity yeah, with Ollie Wines, then uh, I don't think Adelaide would have won the game. But um, as, uh, as the story goes, he didn't take his opportunity. Adelaide went down the other end, and the end is history. They won. Um, big in for Port is Dougal Howard because Homsch got absolutely destroyed by uh, Josh Jenkins um, last week. So that's a big plus for um, for Port, having him back in. Sam Gray comes back in, and as does Aidan Johnson. Uh, they're players that are both in and out. Sam Gray I rate um, highly for his football intelligence, but he just doesn't seem to be able to produce it consistently enough. Uh, surprisingly, Riley Bonner goes out. A very good use of the ball, and also Sam Sam Power Pepper. Um, his form's been down in recent uh, in recent weeks, so um, that's not a surprise to me. It's a surprise to the football community, but not a surprise to me. Well, I think it's a good move from Ken. He's going to have the players on their toes. If they're really going to be serious about finals football, they need their players up and about. They need to beat West Coast, and um, I think they will. It hurts me to say it. I'm going to be there to see it in person. How about you? Uh, no, I won't be, but I'll be cheering on from uh, somewhere, no doubt. Um, Archie back in. He hasn't had... Uh, I probably put him in West Coast Best 22 at the start of the season, but it hasn't turned out that way. And I would have thought 
he might have been uh, a little bit better this season, playing on the edge a bit more. Um, I did rate him uh, from his time at Port, so hopefully he can really show something for you, as can Dom Sheed, because he's been in and out as well. So both players have a lot to prove, and both are playing for their finals chances as well. The most interesting statistic from this, West Coast have beaten Port every time at Adelaide Oval that they've played. But the interesting, the other interesting statistic is that Port, the one time they've beaten West Coast in the last three seasons is without Josh Kennedy. And without Josh Kennedy, Gaff and Natanui, that's going to be a huge holes for the West Coast Eagles to fill. Can they fill them, though? Well, I tell you what. Dom Sheed, the one thing that he needed to get his AFL career back on track was a midfielder to be out. That's going to happen with Gaff, so he's going to have his chance. Highly rated. He was very high draft pick, and he puts the numbers on the board for the waffle. I think he can come in and do a good job. Obviously, he's going to be no Gaff, but he's going to be as close as we've got. And um, Look, I give us a chance. We've been doing a lot of things this year that I didn't think we would do. Touching on Archie, uh, it's probably just a victim of uh, the Eagles' hot form. There's a lot of players that have taken their game to a new level this year. Adam Simpson's done wonders for us this year. To think we're sitting second on the ladder um, after 21 rounds, it's uh, you know not where I thought we'd be. But, um, yeah, I, I do think we'll probably lose this one. But uh, I've had a lot of good memories at Adelaide Oval with West Coast, and I'd love another one. Yeah, I've uh, I've had a lot of bad memories of West Coast, that's for sure. Uh, I'm tipping Port with not much confidence. Probably given the weather, if I was looking for a... Um, betting tip for this one. I'd be looking at the unders total um, for this one because the weather is going to be atrocious and uh, I, I just reckon it's, it could be a game that where 8 eight to 10 goals wins you the match. Um, so I'm going to tip Port just. Uh, fair enough. On to the next game. We've got uh, Collingwood and Brisbane um, and that one is coming to you from Etihad Stadium. So not Collingwood's uh, regular home ground. Is that going to play a factor in this one? Uh, it might, but Collingwood have been doing it against the odds for the last few weeks. They've had multiple injuries down back, but they still fight, fight, fight. And, um, you know, they should be beating Brisbane pretty uh, comfortably here, get their top four chances um, back in good spot. Mind you, when Collingwood did play Brisbane earlier this season, it was one of the games of the season. Collingwood only just got up and they had a lot stronger squad. So that, to me, means that Brisbane aren't far away. Um, they bring back in Tom Cutler, so he's going to really provide some uh, run and dash off uh, half-back with Witherden. Does Eddie had suit their style of play, or would Brisbane prefer to be playing at the MCG in this one? Um, probably at the MCG, I'd say. I don't think they have the best track record at Eddie had. Um, yeah, I think Collingwood would probably prefer to be at the MCG as well, but... Uh, you know, it's going to be a Melbourne game, so that's going to take away from uh, what the Lions might achieve with a, a crowd behind them. But, um, yeah, I'm still tipping Collingwood with a fair bit of confidence here. They lose Darcy Moore to another soft tissue injury, which is disheartening for not only the club, but him, uh, but himself as a player. Um, however, they do regain the X factor that is Jordan Goey, and he's had a stunning season so they will welcome his presence back in the forward line of midfield that's for sure yeah he's a favorite of yours and um he does bring that x factor hopefully he's over his injury troubles and um can be that explosive presence up forward that the pies 
love to see. I think this game's closer than what most pundits would have it. Uh, I don't know what the line's saying, but uh, I reckon it's between a three to four goal win. I don't think it's anything more than that. I think I think the Pies injuries have brought them back to the field a bit, uh, unfortunately. Although, had they won last week, that would have been a, a win for the ages uh, with the amount of injuries they had. So, I, I'm going to tip Collingwood by about three to four goals, I think. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it for me too, I think. All right. So, now another crucial, crucial game. Both sides' uh, chances depend on it. GWS desperately want that top four spot. Adelaide need to win to make the finals. It's GWS for, uh, versus Adelaide. Coming to you from the very, very cold Manuka Oval in Canberra. So this is going to be an interesting one. Um, GWS have lost some uh, massive players, but they've also regained some massive players. So they've lost uh, Deledio to another calf injury, which shatters me because I think... the the player that Brett Delidio is is massively talented. He was superb for them last season, and they're really missing his uh, his cleanness um, through the midfield and half forward. Uh, Toby Green goes out again. Um, also, I think another um, soft tissue injury for him. Big Dawson Simpson is the one that could hurt them, though. He's been playing reasonable footy as their main ruck, and for him to go down is going to expose him a little bit in the ruck department, which Sam Jacobs could fully exploit. Yeah, everyone's making a lot of uh, fuss about their outs, but you know, no disrespect to those players, but they haven't been a huge part of what's uh, got GWS back into the top four, probably with the exception, as you said, of Dawson Simpson. Um, but... Rory Lobb can come in and do a job. He's very mobile. They've got Jeremy Cameron back, so there's their target that they're going to be relying on up forward. And, of course, they've brought back... Uh, I forgot to mention the uh, likes of uh, Dylan Shearer running through the midfield, Taranto to um, bore in hard like he does, and then you've got uh, Ryan Griffin, who, for a 30-year-old who can just play off the peripheral and just play his little role um, with his skills is uh, quite a luxury that most clubs can't have. Yeah, and I think the the outs for Adelaide are probably more significant in uh, Daniel Talia and Riley Knight. Riley Knight's come back uh, after a long hiatus injured, but uh, he's played well. And Daniel Talia, as we know, probably the best fullback stopper in yeah, the game. Yeah, Riley Knight had that um, hamstring awareness, I believe, uh, which turned into about eight weeks. Very, very aware of their hamstrings down at Adelaide, uh, no pun intended. Um, Riley Knight's had a massive role. He's... Um, since he's come back in, he's played a more of a run-with type of role, and he's really thrived on it and given Adelaide a bit of drive at the same time. So they're going to miss that. They do welcome back Richie Douglas, though. So not quite like for like, but um, Richie Douglas will provide a bit going through the midfield. But Talia going out is going to hurt them. You'd figure he'd uh, go to Jeremy Cameron. Uh, so Kyle Cheney coming in probably means that uh, Alex Keiths is going to have to go to Cameron. So... Cameron could really, whereas Jacobs can exploit Dawson Simpson, Cameron can exploit Keith right here. Yeah, I think that's fair. He's going to have his hands full all day. Um, Richie Douglas might come in and do a similar role to Riley Knight. Um, probably going to be mashed up on Josh Kelly, one of the former players of the competition, absolute superstar. Good luck to him, but um, I think GWS are going to win this. Speaking of Josh Kelly, he had an absolute field day against... Uh, some witches hats. I mean, Carlton, sorry about that. Um, yeah, no, Josh Kelly is probably, watching him last week, the cleanest player in the AFL in terms of his disposal, his delivery. If you were watching a technique 
on how to kick a football, I would endorse you to go watch Josh Kelly. He uh, is a Rolls Royce of the AFL, that's for sure. And you can see why North Melbourne threw the kitchen sink and probably the kitchen and the bathroom in to try and get him to North Melbourne. Um, I'm going to go with not much confidence in this one. Adelaide have really got their mojo back. They'll want revenge for that loss at uh, Adelaide Oval as well. They need to win. Can they? I think they fall just short. I think GWS by a couple of goals. Yeah, I'm uh, going to stick with GWS here too. All right, so now we go to the uh, Sunday fixtures, and we've got North Melbourne versus the Bulldogs. Um, they always seem to match up well, these two sides, and I'm thinking this one, of course, both sides' sort of home ground in Melbourne is at Etihad. Um Big in for North Melbourne. Um, been one of the players of the season. Sean Higgins is back. Krovac goes out continuing uh, his sort of... Uh, on-off sort of season. Um, for the Bulldogs, they regain uh, electrifying forward Billy Gowers um, for Rourke Smith, who uh, couldn't recover from his concussion. This one, I've got a smell of an upset. I don't know why, because the Bulldogs, every time I've backed them in, have let me down. But I just sense an upset. Yeah, Bulldogs are one of those teams that just when you think you've got a read on them and they're really paying, playing some average footy. They throw up a surprise, as they did against St. Kilda last week. Billy Gowers is a huge in for them, I think. He's been great this year, in his first year. Um, on the other side, Sean Higgins. It doesn't get much bigger for North Melbourne. He makes those players walk taller. And I think that uh, North will still win this and um, yeah, keep their finals hopes alive. No, I've got a sniff of something. I think if Bulldogs stay with Bontempelli at uh, full forward, as as good as Scott Thompson and Robbie Tarrant are, I think Bontempelli can uh, can bring something to the table here. He's, he's an absolute superstar of the comp. Um, add to that with McRae just finding a bit of footy, and Jacob's still not back in for North. Could mean that McRae runs free, and that's always dangerous. I'm going to go with an upset here. I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. Not with any great confidence, um, but I think they can uh, they can uh, cause a boil over. Well, if North are serious about finals, they need to win this. It's pretty simple. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with North. All right, that takes us to our MCG game, the Sunday uh, middle of the afternoon fixture. Uh, Melbourne versus Sydney. Again, another one that both sides desperately need to win. If Melbourne can win this... For mine, they they won't miss the finals, and they almost start looking at top four. Interesting enough, though, they have not beaten a top eight side this season. Zero and six. Is that right? The port of last year, if you will. Yeah, that was that was a little drive by. I'll I'll accept that. But uh, yeah, Melbourne are the port of last year. Cannot beat a side in the top eight. So this is a huge test for them. They've omitted Bernie, Bernie Vince. Uh, and they've lost Joel Smith to injury, but they bring back in Jaden Hunt for a bit of run, and they bring back in uh, Cam Pedersen, just add another extra target. Sydney, this week, finally, he's back. I went early last week, but he's back. Dan Hanabry is back. Your man. Yeah, my man. And uh, Daniel Robinson has been omitted. One of those fringe players, he's, he's in and out all the time, does a job when he uh, comes in, but uh, Hanabry will be uh, crucial to their chances. I really don't know how I see this one playing out, to be honest. Well, i tell you what. Sydney at 290, if you want some value, it's them. I mean, they're going to be in this contest. There's no question about that. 
they probably are too reliant on Buddy at this stage, I'd say. Um, and I think Melbourne probably have a few decent matchups for Buddy. They've got the mobile backman there in Frost and uh, Oscar McDonald. Um, so, yeah, I think... But they are raw. They don't have Jake Lever as that intercept come across, cut across, Buddy. They are raw. And if Buddy spent an extra five minutes of training this week, he kicked six last week. He could be uh, he could be uh, just hitting his straps just before September. Um, I'm going to go with Melbourne only because it's at the MCG. Um, I think Sydney will uh, fight for their lives as they always do, but I think Melbourne might just uh, get the goods and finally get their first win against the top eight side. Yeah, I think they'll do the same too. As you said, at the MCG, it's their home. And once again, if you're going to be serious about finals football, beating quality opposition. This is where they need to do it, make their mark. Yeah, do it on the big stage. All right, that comes to our very exciting twilight finish. I, I don't know how you get yourself pumped up for this. I think I might be uh, watching um, the news or uh, today, well, not today, tonight on a weeknight, but uh, yeah, I'll find something to watch other than this. It's Fremantle versus Carlton. Um, I, I really don't know what to say about these two sides. Carlton have been absolutely atrocious. Every time they played Eddie had, they are deplorable. Away from home, maybe they uh, get a bit of a bond together. They seem to do better away, except for the Brisbane game. Um, Fremantle, they're just, without Nathan Fife and without Aaron Sandilands, they're just treading water. Um, obviously, they've got a, a couple of outs with injuries. Obviously, uh, the aforementioned um, Andrew Brayshaw and Stephen Hill. Once again, another soft tissue injury. They need to clear that up for next season because they need him fit and firing. Um, so they're, they're going to be, which is unlike Ross Lyon, but playing a lot of youngsters um, this week. Uh, there's a debut for Switkowski. I think his name is Switkowski. I don't know much about him, to be honest, but uh, maybe he's something I can look at uh, for this game, get a bit of a positive out. They've got Stefan Gyro back. He's had a uh, good season for a first-year player. Uh, Taylor Duman is back as well. Um, So, yeah, it's just about getting game time into the youngsters for both sides. And uh, Big Matty Cruiser back for Carlton does help them a fair bit because it will give them an advantage in the ruck, definitely. Yeah, Carlton have some pretty significant ins for them, I think. Uh, Kerridge is adds that bit of grunt around the ball, played a little bit on half-back um, before he got injured. Cruiser, as we know, last year was one of the best ruckmen in the competition, up against a pretty inexperienced ruckman in uh, Sean Darcy. And everyone wants to see Jack Silvani do well. Um, he comes back in. Uh Having said that, I think uh, if there's one thing to come out of the ugliness of the Andrew Brayshaw incident last week, it probably bonds Frio a fair bit. They're going to be really wanting to win this game um, in front of their home crowd, give Andrew Brayshaw something to smile about. And, um, yeah, I think they win. It's at Fremantle, and uh, they should have enough firepower up front with Walters and um, Big Tabernar. And, yeah, I think they'll get the biscuits. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that can work the opposite way. Sometimes it can be an emotionally draining week, and it can actually take it out of you. So it'll be interesting to see, yeah, sort of how that plays out. I'm going to have to back Fremantle at home, not with any uh, confidence or conviction, because uh, they're a side that can uh, do well one week, um, and then the next week they go to play Brisbane at home and they lose by 50 points. You just don't know with Frio at the moment under um, under Ross and with their transformation of, of where they're heading. I'll, I'll back Frio by 
I say four to five goals. I, I don't see it being any more than that. Um, and yeah, that that's going to wrap up a fairly um, interesting weekend of the AFL. There's definitely some really high quality desperate games uh, for some clubs uh, and then there's some really really dire games that you just really would probably rather pot around in the garden I think um, how's your uh, fantasy side looking Hayden you had a absolute stiff week on I the did. weekend I did it, to, to take on the top side and draw in a final uh, unfortunately being the lower ranked side means you have to now play a semi-final that's uh, that's heartbreaking for mine not only that I top scored which you failed to mention um, beat anyone around around the mark by 200 points um, it was looking really good for me. I uh, just needed Andrew Gaff to keep on doing what he did in the first half. Unfortunately, we know what happened. It did affect him. There's no denying that. Um, and then to cap it off, Lockie Neal gets that mark kick goal and uh, draws the contest. Yeah, that that was uh, that was shattering for you. For me, that didn't really matter too much. I, it came down to the to sort of last play with Neil versus Gaff, and um, that. That worked for me. I ended up winning by about 50 points, so I was fairly safe in the end. Um, definitely the trade to uh, Grundy from Big Steph, that made a hell of a difference. That was an 83-point turnaround. Put him captain, and uh, he didn't disappoint. So that puts me in a uh, prelim, but also on a collision course with uh, none other than yourself if you get by this this week. Yeah, well, I was telling you for about 20 rounds to get Grundy in. You resisted up until now. You had to do it. It was a good decision by you. And um, look, mate, I think we're going to be seeing each other in uh, one week's time. I'm up against someone who's got the 10th most points in our league. Um, Not a very flattering side. Somehow he's made it to a semi. Um, So, yeah, I I dare say we'll be uh, talking about which way we're going to make our captains next week. Mate. So uh, what uh, what trades have you got for us this week? What have you what have you done with your side this week? Well, it hurt me, but I had to get rid of Gaff, obviously. Obviously, yep. Um, brought in Beams, who's been in ripping form. I think right now, all you're doing is just bringing in players in better form than what you've got. Um, the other one was just a Smith down to Johnson. That's just a little bit of cover. That's a no-brainer, A little bit yeah. of cash. Um but, yeah, I think next week uh, there's going to be maybe one more trade, if that. And, uh, yeah, it's it's looking like a pretty settled team at the moment, so that's good for me. Yeah, I think I'm looking uh, looking now to uh, get rid of uh, Ahern and uh, probably move up to a uh, point of difference in Josh Dunkley, who's uh, pushed McLean out of the midfield. So that means McLean's points have gone down and uh, Dunkley's points have uh, definitely gone up. Um in terms of the other trade, probably like yourself, probably a Joel um, Smith down to a down to a uh, Alex Johnson or a uh, Ben Patton who's on debut if he does well. So it's going to be sort of yeah, making the most of what you can do, getting as much cash as you can in, and getting those rookies out. So you're pretty much all topped up with six primos forward, six primo uh, backs, and uh, eight primo mids and two primo rucks. A full primo side. That's right. That's what we like. And uh, pumping out those primo scores. All right. So that's going to that's gonna wrap us up for, for this week. Next week, we'll be integrating the uh, AFL and uh, FPL. Uh, sorry, not FPL. Well, the FPL partly, but uh, the English Premier League. So we'll be giving a, a bit of a preview on both. And uh, we look forward to uh, chatting to you then.
good luck for uh, everyone this week. Yeah, good luck to the Eagles, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Signing off. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android. <laughs>